Funding for this class is provided by Benjamin Arieh and family in loving memory of Raphael, son of Chacham Rabbi Chia. We are on page six. Now we come to the morning blessings. The next 15 blessings, and if you add the three blessings that we said before, we say the blessing of a washing the hands. That's the first blessing on page five, which we covered. And then the blessing for after you relieve yourself, after you go to the bathroom. And then the blessing for the neshama, the soul that Hashem has given us. So together, really, have 18 blessings. Now, these blessings that we're about to read were instituted by the rabbis of the Great Assembly. King David instituted, we should say, 100 blessings a day. And the rabbis of the Great Assembly gave us all these blessings, so we should be able to reach that number of 100 blessings. Um, one of these blessings that we're going to read was actually not instituted by the rabbis, but post-Tamudic rabbis. So then it would, it would only equal to 17 blessings. But if you add the blessing that we say before we go to sleep, the Hamapil, together, that's 18 blessings. Well, it's one continuation. For a Jew, the day begins at night. So right before we go to bed, we make a special blessing. And that's, uh, we go to sleep with that blessing. And then we wake up and we say these 17 blessings, which are 18, which correspond to the 18 blessings of the Shemona Esrei, the ultimate prayer is made up of 18 blessings. Chai, the life, 18 blessings. Um, the 18 vertebrae in the spine. And we find many, there are many prayers that connect us with these 18. Uh, the prayer of Yichavod Hashem has 18 verses. Uh, the Shema Yisrael has, it mentions Hashem's name, name 18 times. The prayer of Valetzian uh, is 18. And um, the reason why 18 is so significant is because Hashem's name is made up of four letters, Yud, Ke, Vav, Ke. Times 18 is 72. 72 is the maximum, um, is the greatest expression of Hashem's name. Uh, there are different ways of Yud, Ke, Vav, Ke, how you spell it out. We won't go into that right now. But 72 represents the greatest uh, expression, divine revelation of, of Hashem's name. And therefore, we have these 18 blessings. Just like the Shemona Esrei, the silent prayer, it's called 18 blessings. Shemona Esrei, 18 blessings. Although today we have 19 blessings, because we added, the rabbis added the 19th blessing. So too, the rabbis, the post-Hamudic rabbis, added another blessing. So together we have 19. And the reason why we're connecting these morning blessings, you just woke up. How do we connect these blessings, the early blessings, the first blessings, with the climax and the culmination of the Shmonesri, which is the silent prayer, which is like the build-up and the ultimate when you're standing in front of Hashem and you're placing your feet together. And here we're just starting out. You just woke up. You're just rubbing your eyes. You're just waking up and you're ready you're already connecting these blessings with the 18 blessings of the prayer. And the answer is because it's precisely because we're just waking up and we're just starting and we just pass through the night that we need special divine intervention. It's like when the Jews were in Egypt. 
The Jews were in Egypt. They reached 49 levels of impurity. They needed a powerful divine intervention. The night of the Exodus was the night, the moment when there was a tremendous divine revelation that triggered this powerful movement and change from exile to redemption. And therefore, it's precisely because we just woke up from the night that we need this, this, this powerful help of Hashem. Baruch Atah, remember Baruch means to draw down. We have to draw down this, this, this name of Hashem, this powerful revelation of Hashem to wake us up. It's like when a person is spiritually asleep, when you're in, in, in a spiritual night, and you need something to wake you up, to start, to trigger, to start, to jumpstart your spiritual spiritual awakening. So that's why we need these powerful blessings, one after the other, to wake us up to, uh, to do the trick. Now, technically, the rabbis instituted these blessings as you go about your morning, as you wake up, as you go about your different activities, you say these blessings. You open your eyes, as you stretch out in bed, as you stand up, out of bed, as you take your first step, as you put on your shoes, as you go about these different activities, you're meant to say these blessings. And some say, Maimonides says, that these blessings should only be said if you go about doing these activities. What if you were up all night and you were not in bed and you didn't have to rub your eyes and you didn't have to get dressed and you didn't have to do all these things and you don't make these blessings. But the halacha is, the consensus is we say these blessings even even if you are up all night. Because these are blessings of praise. These are not blessings, you know, before you do a certain activity. These are blessings of praise. That's why our custom is you don't say it as you go about doing this. We say it all these blessings together. Some even say it in the shul. We say it at home. But still not at the moment when you're rubbing your eyes or the moment that you're opening your eyes or the moment that you're stretching out, stretching out your arms or stretching your body or when you stand up. After you're done, after you've already dressed and everything, then we say these blessings in the sequence in order praising Hashem for all these wonderful blessings and, 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 and things that Hashem has given us. However, if you're up all night, there's no reason really for say these blessings, they're just blessings of praise, then the time to start saying these blessings would be at dawn. However, if you wake up, if you wake up, then you can say these blessings even earlier. If you wake up at midnight, then you can say these blessings even earlier. However, the only exception is that if you wake up early, and let's say you wake up at midnight, you're up already, you're up for the day. You went to sleep early, you went to bed with the sun, the sun set, and you went to bed, and you're up six hours later, you're up at midnight, you're up. So you can say all these blessings already. The exception is the first blessing that we're going to read, which is the blessing for the rooster. The rooster who, who makes his cackle-doodle-doo uh, and makes his noise in the morning before, before dawn. 
So that you could only say with dawn. You don't say it from midnight, unless you actually hear the rooster. If you hear the rooster from midnight, then you can say it already from midnight. But if you don't hear the rooster from midnight, then the time to say it would be at dawn. That's what the, that's what, um, the Alter Rebbe writes in the Code of Jewish Law. But actually in the prayer book, he doesn't make this distinction. If you wake up from midnight, you can say all the blessings. But if you're up, you should only say the blessing starting with dawn, including the blessing of, for the rooster, the, uh, the first blessing. Now here we're blessing Hashem, we're praising Hashem basically, for very simple things. We're not praising Hashem, we're praising Hashem for our basic necessities, for giving us basic, our basic needs, our basic necessities, and yet we're praising Hashem. Because for a Jew, a Jew recognizes that everything that happens in our life is really comes from Hashem. As the Baal Shem Tov said, everything is really a miracle. There's no difference between miracles and nature. The only difference is that nature, we get used to it, because it happens so often, it happens all, every day. The sun rises, oh, okay, the sun rises, Mother Nature, we don't even think twice about it. But there's nothing, there's nothing ordinary about the sun rising. It's the most miraculous thing. The only difference is a miracle happens, it's a one-time thing, and nature happens constantly. But, but why should the sun rise? And who says the sun has to rise? It's just a miracle. So too, everything, everything in our life, everything that we do, all our basic needs and necessities, we just take for granted. You wake up in the morning, you open your eyes, you take it for granted. You don't even think twice. You stretch, you stretch, uh, you stretch out, take it for granted. You sit up, you take it for granted. You stand up, you take it for granted. You put on your shoes, you walk. All these things we take for granted, but there's nothing to be taken for granted. It's really all miraculous. Everything that happens in our life is really a reflection of Hashem. We are created in the image of Hashem. So everything that happens in our life is really godly. For a Jew, even nature is godly. Even as we go about our natural, our natural activities, a Jew sees godliness in everything. I open my eyes, wow, it's godly. <laughs> I stretch out. It's a godly thing. It's a miraculous thing. I don't take it for granted. This is what distinguishes the Jewish people. We stop and make blessings on the simplest things, on the most obvious things, on the most natural things, every morning, every day. And we connect it with Hashem. We say, Baruch Atah Hashem. This is godly. Not just something that's openly miraculous. To us, everything is divine. And what's the first blessing that we make? Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who gives the rooster understanding to distinguish between day and night. La Sechvi means, is interpreted as the rooster. The rooster is the only creature in the universe that God instilled with this incredible ability. The rooster is like an alarm clock. Before dawn, the rooster has an inner sense, an inner clock. He just senses that it's about to become light. The dawn is about to break. We're not talking about sunrise. We're talking about dawn. That's even before sunrise. That's 72 minutes before sunrise. Most people can't even detect when dawn is. You look in the newspaper, the newspaper will tell you when sunrise is. Sunrise and sunset. Because that's easily detectable. I see the sun rising. I see the sun setting. Dawn is 
the night starts getting lighter, the sky starts getting lighter. Because it's the beginning of the sun rays in the east, and the eastern horizon, what we can't see. The sun hasn't risen yet, we don't see the sun. But it's the light, the night starts getting lighter. The rooster starts crowing before dawn. It has this inner sense that it's about to turn light, and it wakes you up, <laughs> right? I mean, in the, in, the, in the Air Force, you guys are up, uh, what, before dawn? Yeah. You rise to get together with the rooster. <laughs> before the rooster. Before the rooster. <laughs> so this inner sense, this miraculous thing, and a Jew stops and says, wait a minute, where does this come from? Everything in this world is just a symptom from on high, from something that's going on on high. Hashem instilled in the rooster this incredible ability to be able to detect between night and day. It's interesting. The rooster doesn't, doesn't make sounds when the day is about to turn into night. <laughs> it only makes the sound when we make, we're about to make the transition from night to day. So when it detects that we're about to sense, it senses that light is about, about to emerge, it starts making its noise, it starts making its sound. In other words, this is a symptom of the ability, the special ability that Hashem gave us to be able to detect the difference between night and day in a moral sense, in good and evil, in right and wrong. And just like when Hashem created the world, what was the first thing the Torah tells us? Hashem said there should be light, and there was light. Why is that the first thing that Hashem tells us? Because when there's light, if there's no light, I can't make distinctions. Without light, I can't make distinctions. I don't see what's in front of me. I trip, I, I stumble. I can't see the difference in one thing and the other. It's only when there's light that I can start seeing, and I can start making distinctions between what's good and what's beneficial and what's not good. Things could appear to be good, but it's not good. When it's lit up and it's illuminated, then I can start seeing, I can start making distinctions. Just like the first blessing in the Shmonesri. What's the first blessing in the Shmonesri? What do you pray for? Das. Das is knowledge to be able to make distinctions. Like he says here, to give the rooster bina, Bina comes from the word bane, between, to make a distinction between light and between darkness. God says, I've given you good, and I've given you life, and I've given you evil, and I've given you death. Choose life. Now, who in the world needs to be commanded to choose life? You think I would choose death? Well, the answer is, people, most of us do it every day <laughs> of our life. Because... Hashem didn't make it so easy. <laughs> it's very easy to choose light over darkness when it's black and white, it's clear. When you have such clarity, it's no big deal to choose. Of course I'm going to choose life. Which fool is going to choose death? Of course I'll choose good. Which fool is going to choose evil? When the sun is shining and the light is out, I don't need a rooster to tell me. It's no big deal. I don't need a rooster to tell me the difference between night and day. The advantage of the rooster, the rooster, before dawn even. And already the, the rooster's already crowing. 
Cock-a-doodle-doo. The rooster is already making its noise because it detects that light is about to come. It's one thing when things are black and white. But most choices in life are never black and white. Most choices in life, it's not so clear. Today, it's very easy to say never again. Oh, never, Holocaust, never again. And people write checks and build museums, hundreds of millions of dollars, and monuments and statues. Before the war, it wasn't so clear, it wasn't so simple. In America, America didn't say a word, didn't do a thing. It's very easy to be brave and heroic, never again. When things are not so clear and things are not so... And you have to have a little courage to stand up. The choices in life are not always so simple. For a person to be able to choose love, real love over lust. To choose real honor over fame. To choose real joy over fun, mindless fun. To choose real hunger versus craving, hunger for something real versus just craving for constant indulgence. To choose people, to love people and use money instead of using, loving money and using people. It's not such a simple choice. It's not so clear. Most people, it's not so clear. And they don't make necessarily the right choices. Hashem gave us this gift. He gave us light. Light is also the light. Lasechvi also means to see. The heart, the heart is able to distinguish, to see, to use the light to be able to see what's harmful and what's good, what's, what's beneficial and what's nonsense, what's deep and real and genuine and what's foolish and superficial, not to succumb, to be able to detect, to be able to develop a sense of what's right and wrong. Not when things are so clear cut, that's no big deal. The rooster is able to see things before anyone else is able to see it. It has a sense. It has a feeling. To develop a sense for what's right and wrong. To detect the difference distinguishing night and day. That, that doesn't come so easy. That's a gift that Hashem gave us if we cultivate it, if we develop it. Once the fifth Lubavitcher Rebbe, it was a gathering of rabbis because the government was trying to interfere in Jewish education and trying to make all different rules, like our communist regime in New York now mixed into, is mixing in, mixing in to Jewish schools and trying to dictate to them how to teach our Jewish children. We've been teaching them only for the last 3,800 years and the chutzpah they have to try to interfere in our lives and try to tell us how to teach our children. Our communist regime. So there was, the same thing happened in Russia. And they were trying to interfere in Jewish life, trying to teach, to force the Jewish people and to teach them how to teach, to educate their children. And the rabbis gathered together. The greatest rabbis of Europe, the fifth Lubavitcher Rebbe, Rabbi Chaim Brisker, and all the great rabbis. And the Rebbe Rashab was very powerful, very strong. He, he, was, he was on the house arrest a few times. He says, we're not compromising, we're not giving the government permission, not even a pinky. We're not letting them interfere in any way, shape, or form. No government is going to tell us how we're going to educate our children. No thank you. And because of that he was arrested. And the Chaim Brisker asked the Rebbe Rashab. I think at one time he even fainted. The Rebbe Rashab fainted. He gave a very strong, powerful speech, you know, uh, encouraging the rabbis to be strong, and he even fainted afterwards. And they put him in house, house arrest because he was defying the government. And the Chaim Brisker came to the Rebbe Rashab and he says, Rebbe, 
What's your source? You're talking very strong and you're being very strong and you're asking us to sacrifice ourselves and to go against the regime and to go against the government. Do you have a source for this? Is it just your feeling, like your gut feeling? And the Rebbe Rashab says, yes. And that's enough of a source. Because when you, when you are a Jew, a Jew who's a properly Jewish and who lives the Jewish way of life, it cultivates and you develop an instinct. Just like the rooster. You're able to tell, you know. It, it, there's a smell test. You know, some things can sound good superficially. But it's, che- it's just propaganda. It's cheap. It may sound good and it may even sound logical. And most people will fall for it. Because you put words together and, oh, it sounds right. But someone who has a deep sense of morality, a deep sense of godliness, a deep sense of truth, a deep sense of sincerity and genuineness, you know, it sounds good. And I can't put my finger in it yet, but this is wrong. I just know it's wrong. This is, this is false. It's, 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 not, the, it's not light. It's, it's darkness. How many people were taken in by things that sound good. Millions of people believed in communism. Millions of people gave up their lives for it. Today it's a joke, a sad joke, that has left the left, uh, uh, history. It's gone. It's gone the way of history, except a few people are trying to revive it here in the United States. It failed. Every place it touched it turned into misery. Total, total, absolute failure. But at the time, people were mesmerized. People were captured. It sounded so nice, so noble, so beautiful. But unless you have a very deep sense of what's right and wrong, you fall for everything. You fall for the cheapest propaganda. We see it today. People just fall for the cheapest propaganda. With Oslo, etc. People just fell and then was exposed for the lie that it was. But at the time, at the beginning... It wasn't politically correct to stand up to it and say this is a lie. But a person who has a deep sense of right and wrong, who's steeped in, in, in godliness, steeped in, in Yiddishkeit, in Hashem, you're able to develop this, this sense, like the rooster. Even before there's any sign of light, he, can already, he starts crowing already. He already sees and senses the distinction between night and day. So we thank Hashem. We thank Hashem for giving us the blessing. So right away in the first thing in the morning when you hear the crow of the rooster, that's the first thing you hear. Or us, when we say it after we get up and after we wake up and after dawn, but we're thanking Hashem for that first initial, for that light, for being able to distinguish and making a separation between night and day, light and darkness, and giving us the wisdom and the sense to be able to detect that that difference. And that's the greatest thing we can instill in our children. We can instill in our children a sense. You can't teach them everything. Because the world is constantly changing. But if you ground them and you give them a sense of right and wrong, whatever they're going to encounter the rest of the day or the rest of their life, they'll be able to distinguish already. This is right and this is wrong. Because, you know, you can't anticipate any, everything that's going to happen in life. Life happens. And life is full of surprises. But if you have, if you're able, if you learn to distinguish, if you're able to learn to distinguish what is light 
and what is darkness? Which voice is coming from my godly soul and which voice is coming from my animal and my natural soul? In any situation that you confront, I'll be able to distinguish them. So that's the first thing we ask Hashem when we, in the prayer in the Shemun Esrei, and it's the first thing we thank Hashem for, for that incredible gift that He gave us. He gave us light. He gave us that illumination, that inner illumination, that inner sense, that inner seichel that we can see and distinguish between right and wrong. And another reason why we say all these blessings and we thank Hashem for all these natural phenomena, all these basic needs that we have, we already have these needs. And yet we're praising Hashem, we're making a blessing. Thank you, Hashem, for all, the, all these basic human needs and necessities that we have. It's because, you say, who is a wise person? A wise person is someone who sees the future. That's the simple meaning of the word that Talmud says. But the rabbis say, the deeper interpretation means, who is a wise person who sees how Hashem is constantly bringing this world, is giving birth to the universe, is constantly creating us, constantly. So if you realize that Hashem is constantly creating us, if you have that wisdom to sense that Hashem is constantly creating us, then you don't take anything for granted, even something that I already have. But Hashem is creating it as we speak, as of this moment. Just because this cup of water is here now, it doesn't mean it's going to be here another moment from now. The only reason it's going to be here another moment from now is because Hashem chose to recreate it and to create it from new. Because creation is ongoing, it's dynamic. Hashem is creating the world every moment. Not that God created the world 5,780 years ago, but it's recreating the world each and every moment. And that's why the Zohar says there was this great rabbi, Rabbi Yeba Saba, one of the greats of the Zohar, and he would sit down to a meal. His wife prepared him a delicious meal. And before he ate the meal, he prayed to Hashem, Hashem, please feed me. Please nourish me. Please give me a good meal. Question is, isn't that a prayer in vain? The meal, the prayer has been answered already. The meal is sitting right in front of you. It's steaming hot. What are you praying to Hashem? What are you wasting Hashem's time and asking Him for a meal? Your prayer is answered. He gave you the meal already. The answer is because, just because the meal was there a second ago, how do I know the meal is still going to be here? I don't take anything for granted. Everything that happens, Hashem, everything is miraculous. Existence is miraculous. The fact that the world continues for another moment is nothing short of a miracle. There's no rhyme, there's no reason, there's no rhyme or reason that says the world has to continue for another moment only because Hashem wills it so and Hashem wishes it so and Hashem chooses so and Hashem does it. So you can pray for all your basic necessities. Not only for a special need, when you have a special need, a dire need, then I'll wake up and I'll say, okay, Hashem, I need your help. <laughs> no, I pray for Hashem even for my basic needs and my basic necessities. So we're making a point of, of praising Hashem and blessing Hashem for all these basic natural activities that we go about every morning, every day of our lives.